0: Hello and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. EAB's Danielle Yardy returns to the podcast today to talk about her work helping university CIOs bring order to the chaos of disparate IT systems that exist on virtually every college campus. Danielle is joined by the Chief Information Officer at Susquehanna University to talk about this challenge and about how to gain buy-in among campus leaders for the kinds of new IT investments that will help them tame the digital sprawl. Thank you for listening and enjoy.
1: Hello, and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. My name is Danielle Yadi, and I'm a research director here at EAB. In practical terms, I spend most of my time working with university CIOs and other tech leaders, helping them wrap their arms around the enormous data repositories on their campuses. My goal generally is to help them bring order to the technology chaos and enable their leadership teams to access key insights trapped in their data to inform strategy decisions that impact every single aspect of university life, from enrollment to DEIJ efforts to advancement and even academic resource planning. And I'm joined today by a CIO who is working with us to do exactly that, Jennifer Savidio, who is the Chief Information for Susquehanna University. Welcome to
2: the podcast. Thank you, Danielle, I'm happy to be here.
1: Fabulous. Now, Jen, I know that Susquehanna is in the middle of a huge digital transformation effort, and I want to hear more about that. But before we dig into that specific strategic initiative that you all have ongoing at Susquehanna, I did want to set the stage by talking to you a little bit about the disconnect that I see between campus IT leaders and university presidents when it comes to conversations around IT investments and IT strategy. So I saw recently an article in the Wall Street Journal that was saying in industry the majority of CEOs will point to their CIO, their IT leader, as the most indispensable business partner that they have um, in their in their work. Right when they think about strategy, I think it was something like forty percent among the C-suite um, would say that the CIO is their most strategic partner, with the board coming in second. Um, and you know, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, it's not necessarily always the same way in higher education. So I'm curious, you know, would you mind sharing a little bit about your perspective on on this gap or this disconnect? you know, could you describe a little bit about how a typical conversation might go in higher education when campus IT is is trying to talk to to the rest of folks on campus,
2: whether it might be around an investment or just broader strategy? Sure. Um, It's tricky, right? It's a huge challenge. You're talking to um, such a a broad array of people from university presidents uh, to senior staff and trustees. And so many people are technology savvy today and we take for granted that maybe they're not right so we start really really oversimplifying things in layman's terms or or just the opposite right we're we're just throwing a thousand acronyms at people (laughs) and they're just glazed over and and sometimes afraid to say what do you mean (laughs) right Um, so (laughs) you want to find that balance and you really want to know your audience um a lot of the the technology that we pitch for you know huge huge investment are, are items that are intangible, right? Or things that they're not going to see a benefit for a number of years. Um, so, it, you know, I was really fairly new to the university at the point where I was um, pitching some of these ideas, and my boss would say, "Jen, you need to learn how to speak Susquehanna," and that's exactly what he meant was finding that balance. And really um, being able to have a a productive conversation with your audience.
1: Right. So it's about sort of lifting ourselves out of the alphabet soup that some of (laughs) us stay mired in most of the time and thinking about how to turn that into, as you were saying, the the benefits, whether those are near term or or hidden, right? How do we translate those? Uh, And I know that that's something that you obviously have a lot of experience in. So maybe it'd be a useful um, sort of exercise if you give me a bit of an example about how you might translate some of that. Um, that techno speak, right? That alphabet soup into something that folks like your president can appreciate.
2: Oh, absolutely! I have the perfect example. So, in in um, August of 2020, Susquehanna was awarded a 1.3 million dollar trio grant. This is uh, the trio grant is a federal program that's uh, designed to identify and, and provide services for students with disadvantaged backgrounds. So for example, low income, first generation, uh, individuals with disabilities, and these, these grants are um, awarded by the, the federal government, de- the Department of Education. Um, so in 2019, just to submit the application for this grant, our institutional effectiveness person <laughs> uh, spent about 120 hours just collecting basic data across campus that was in three separate siloed databases. Now, no one single person has access to all this data, which is, you know, that's, that's relatively normal. So um, this person had to, I had to rely on the individual offices to pull the data for her. Um, and then she would clean it, collate it, and reconcile it. Um, and this was just to provide basic statistics for this proposal. 120 hours. Mm-hmm. So once the grant was awarded, it then takes this um, office that we, we set up, this TRIO office, 20 plus hours every semester to um, continue looking at our student population to see who's eligible so that we're sure we're meeting the guidelines. Um, and you know, just because of the nature of student enrollment, it, it's a moving target. Mm-hmm. So, although the the tons of people who were involved in getting this data to to the institutional effectiveness um, staff and working, with they were very happy to do that. It's the way that they're used to working, right? It's Mm -hmm. not, oh, oh, this is a nuisance. They know it's a nuisance, but it's just the way they've become accustomed to working. And um, that hidden cost, right, Mm -hmm. showing that hidden cost. To, to senior leadership to say, this is huge. These are hours that these staff could be spending working with our students. Well, and I think, Rajen,
1: one of the things that's interesting to me is that for some of our most senior leadership as well, a lot, of that, um, a lot of that integration work, that work that happens, you know, running around with seven different Excel spreadsheets and with, you know, 18 different windows open on your computer while you try, try and collate a lot of that information there's no reason that folks on our cabinet would know that that was happening because it's not within their view you know they can sort of click their fingers and say i need to know this particular um sort of answer right to this question um and then you know they might be aware that it takes like you were saying what is 120 of uh, three weeks at least if nothing else is going on to have the answer come back um, but they don't see all of that happening in the background right they might see the the, the difference in timeline and might make assumptions about why that's happening but recognizing that it's um, it's a sort of product of the ecosystem. It's not a product of um, sort of poor planning on behalf of the people that are trying to do this. I think making that known and making that sort of very transparent
2: is is really helpful. Exactly, and also, you know, this is this is just one example. But really, a lot of the reports that senior leadership or the that are provided to the trustees um, behind the scenes, the work that has to go into massage the data so that we are sure that that the information we're giving is what they're looking for. Um, Just a tremendous effort behind the scenes. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I know that, um, you know, Susquehanna is just you're not alone in that um, in that particular disconnect around just even how people are spending time when it comes to data. But even in the disconnect of of being able to understand um, sort of the difference between how different leaders on campus are thinking about these issues and how they how they perceive and experience these issues, right, in which, in which ways they frustrate them. And I'm just thinking back through all of the different work and the research that we've done here at EAB through our IT forum, right, if I think about the topics that IT leaders ask us to look at, it's always centered around how to help them better communicate with other parts of campus, right? We've done work on cybersecurity, on data governance, on enterprise architecture, on IT governance, right? All area, areas of uh, sort of work and focus for IT leaders where it's about improving the relationship and understanding between IT and, and the rest of campus, right? And it's I don't think it's an accident that people ask us to study that. It's because it's what's really difficult, right? It's a constant struggle and a, a frust- frustration. and. I don't know, I I kind of feel like maybe it's a general trend of IT having been a service organization in the past, right? Or they think of themselves more as an order taker in the history of the way that, you know, IT has worked on campuses. There's always been, you know, exceptions, of course, but I think traditionally that's what we've seen. But I do think, you know, if you think about it through that lens and if that's why we've seen that disconnect driven, I do think that some of what's happened through the coronavirus has been a bit of a silver lining for IT, right? We've seen a natural uptick. In people coming to the IT organization of their own volition to ask for advice, to ask for support, right? Rather than working directly with cloud vendors or, you know, whatever it might be that was that was pulling them away from that relationship. Um, and I think even Educause has seen in some of their data an uptick in people saying, you know, I've, I've been requested more and more by business leaders to be a part of that conversation, which um, I think is something that plays into what you've seen, right, Jen, at the time that you've been at Susquehanna, which I think has been. Almost entirely defined by the coronavirus, right? You started there maybe Absolutely. two <laughs> years ago, um, so yeah. What were some of the biggest challenges that you encountered then, in terms of the IT infrastructure or just the sort of organizational structure as it
2: existed when you arrived? Right, right. Um, yeah, November 2019, five months before the pandemic and the shutdown. And so your so eyes wide in there as well, like someone who's been through
1: trauma. You know, you you know the day, you know <laughs> when it happened.
2: Throw me right to the lions. Um, Right. Uh, even during my interview, I heard a lot of, a lot of things from um, people across campus about the lack of IT governance, the lack of data governance, uh, mm-hmm. so many silo systems, siloed data. Um, not only was uh, the data siloed, but it was almost like the departments were siloed because they got so used to working in their own uh, best of breed programs. Um, and, and working with our student information system, it, it wasn't really easy to bring data back in, could push data out to the other systems, but bringing it back in centrally was, was really, is really a struggle. Um, IT was sort of centralized, but not really. So um, there was there was a hunger, right, on all levels of the organization for change in these areas. And I came from an organization where we had a structure Um, for IT governance and data governance, and we had a data warehouse. So I really felt comfortable and confident that this was something I could bring to Susquehanna. Um, You know, I started the conversation in, I think it was January of 2020, about uh, bringing our data together in some fashion. And at that point, there were so many competing priorities across campus that um breaking it down and starting somewhere I had support for IT governance at that point so I I focused on that um, and had that implemented by the summer of 2020 but of course COVID derailed everything so you mean that wasn't
1: the number one priority coming up with data definitions while everyone was being sent home from campus
2: right right (laughs) I wish
1: (laughs) No, I think it's absolutely right. Those smaller projects and those little pieces where you can really move um, sort of the the institution forward in little ways that actually make a big difference in the way that folks are spending their time. I think they're amazing trust building exercises across campus, right? And they start to build all those bridges that you do need when you have those bigger um, sort of opportunities coming along. I know that um, you talked to me before, Jen, about the work that you did to partner with your student success organization to make sure that students felt connected through that time um do you want to tell us a little bit about sort of that process and how that tied into some of the the longer term efforts that you were putting in place around data
2: sure the um, um the partnerships as well as the digitization was expedited right i i felt like i feel like i've been here 20 years not two years <laughs> because i feel like i know everyone on campus which is wonderful to, to have that happen in such a short period of time. but um, focusing on how we can how we can really connect with our students, keep them engaged mm-hmm. while supporting our our faculty during such an uncertain time was was really, really challenging. I think that people um, were able to be a little more vulnerable and and have a comfort level with that, which which was really nice. We were able to implement some, some tools to help our faculty with their remote teaching and, and um, recording their lectures and, and just making things much more available and, and being supportive. We're a very small IT team. We are under 20 people. And to support everyone remotely and hybrid and, and everything else you can throw at us was, was amazingly um, challenging and rewarding at the same time. People were more open to come to us and ask about things that they would have been reluctant to ask for in the past. So it opened a lot of doors and created a lot of uh, really sustainable partnerships in a short period of time. And I hope that that, that really does continue to grow and, mm-hmm. and we, we don't go back to exactly what we did before. That's, mm-hmm. that's my goal.
1: Yeah, well, and I think we've kind of seen it already happening at Susquehanna, right? So you have Susquehanna 2.0, which is this broad digital transformation effort that is tying together the idea that the student experience should shift in the wake of what's happened through COVID. Uh, But in addition, you know, the, the administrative efficiency and some of that sort of trio grant process that you were explaining has to go away in tandem to make that possible, right? Sort of to bring that to life. Um, And those relationships that you were just sharing have, have really fed into that from what I understand, right? So being able to understand from all of those different corners of campus where there were those unifying opportunities that could be used to help something as critical as improving data infrastructure was only made possible because you started to have those conversations, right? So I think it boiled down to, you know, no longer being about data governance, but it was about retention, right? The way that you ended up starting to frame that discussion of, of needing investment there. I don't know if you want to say a little bit about kind of the flip there or, or how that change happened.
2: Oh, sure, sure. So my, my focus was more IT-minded, right? My focus was data governance, uh, centralized IT, you know, wrangle all these things in. And after, I would say it was, it was fall last year, our senior leadership started looking at lessons learned from the pandemic. We don't want to go back to the way we did things right? We have processes in place that were were put there 50 years ago. And our students just simply do not work in that fashion anymore. And we all committed to changing the way that our students experience campus. And we wanted students walking, stepping foot for the first time on campus, fall 2021, to be a completely new experience. So we committed to this Susquehanna 2.0 initiative, which has been just an amazing transformation from from where I sit. Everyone on campus really um, stepped forward with with ideas and and how can we, you know, we had so many focus groups and how can we do this in such a short period of time? It was the end of October when it was announced last year and we were ready to roll um, September 2021 when, when the semester kicked off. And a lot of the things we put in place was, was, again, the digitization. We had to make sure everything was available online. And, of course, that's what I pushed. And other parts of campus pushed a physical, in-person, one-stop in our student center. Uh, we call it the Hawk Hub because we are the Susquehanna River Hawks. And um, it, it was just it's just such a welcoming space. Students walk in. They can ask anything that they want. And they get help right there, or they get directed to where they need to go. Or our digital um, piece of that that we're getting to—we're getting ready to roll out now—is is is AV Student Navigate app. That's going to be their digital one-stop for everything they need to do with their to-dos. And you know, it's just again the collaboration, right? Everyone on campus now knows that students are going to rely on the Hawk Hub and this app for for where they go for for all their needs and it's just it's a huge difference from what it was in the past and a lot of people had to let go of of the paper forms and and things and and really open their minds and it's been it's been a tremendous effort
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the thing that really stands out for me in, in the work that you've done at Susquehanna is that it was all framed around the students, right? So I think that um it's so um it's so often that we do have IT organizations that get stuck in advocating for certain products because it's going to make IT's life easier. And I think that's a that's a noble cause and we should be investing in things that make IT's life easier. But we shouldn't be surprised if nobody else on campus cares, because we're not here to run you know, a really great IT organization, we're here to help students get an education, right? And enjoy their experience and get the support that they need as they move through. So that means having the right applications for them. It means having the right applications for our staff who support them. It means having the right infrastructure to support IT to deliver all of those things as well. But the framing, right, it has to be around the broader mission because it's difficult then for people to turn around and say, I don't support this investment in our students, right? It's very easy to say, I don't support this investment in IT because we're a higher education institution. And so for me, that kind of flipping the script is, is just so
2: important. Absolutely, and, and metrics surrounding the student experience. So once I, once I reframed my ask to focus on student retention, you can assign a almost a dollar figure to that, right? To say, okay, If we retain X amount of students, I know it's gonna be um, this much much, uh, revenue for the university and that would pay for this. And then we'll see the benefit of of these changes um, as we look back on on the data. And um, our uh, ability to track what is happening in our Hawk Hub, the ability to track how many students are asking questions in our Res Life office. and and really to look back and say, OK, this is where we need to make improvements in the Hawk Hub so that these students are not going to Res life They're going to their centralized place. They're not going directly to the registrar. They're going to their centralized place. And the way we're doing that is bring all these departments into our um, the ticketing system that we use for IT so that we can look at the metrics and make improvements as we go. So that's another important piece.
1: Yeah, it's about treating the whole campus as, as one, right? Um, and so that ties into everything from um, the, the way that students experience the campus to the way that you all deal with issues as they arise on campus to you know the, the, the thing that you and I have collaborated most around, which is the um, bringing of data to the, the entirety of campus, right? And we started our conversation today thinking about why it's so difficult for IT leaders to advocate for some of that. Um, and I do think in part, it's because there are pockets of campus that are tussling to be the most important, right? They're tussling to be the thing that gets done first or the thing that um, it takes precedence, right? Over everything else. And, and it might lead folks into making investments that don't necessarily talk to each other and create more of a frustration than they do um, a sort of solution to the problem that folks are trying to address, right? If everyone gets more and more entrenched in their silos. um, So obviously with, with edify and the work that we're doing there around a data platform, we are, breaking down those silos. But in order to to move that forward, we had to break the silos down in advance and get people on board to support that. So um, I'm just curious in that work that we did, right, in the way that we started bringing folks together around those ideas, what was most surprising to you about the work that we'd done there in terms of breaking down those silos and and getting different departments to buy in? You know, were there any sort of um, shock supporters or detractors that, that you encountered along the way there?
2: Um, Interesting enough, right, everyone has been really um, cooperative and willing to participate. And I I attribute that to a silver lining with the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. People saw that we could do things differently firsthand. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people also like the ability to work remotely, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And hey, if I go back to the way I was doing things before, that sort of cancels out. Um, that that opportunity if it if it would exist in the future um, they see that there is you know it's it's much easier to be able to share our data and and get good results and make make the decisions that need to to happen using using it and it, it's it's not valuable at all if I just hold on to it and keep it to myself right mm-hmm. They're seeing that they can branch out from their offices um and work in matrix style teams to understand the way things work. Um, right. COVID there were, you would think there were many more boundaries with everybody sitting in their homes and their mm-hmm. own little, their own little world, but it really broke down those silos because in, in, you know, the zoom world, everybody's there. We're all together. We're all working together. And, and, um, you know, when, when the campus launched 2.0 and talked about it, everybody was, I think, a little bit taken back and a little scared. But as the conversation started, they it really showed that a lot of the stuff that we needed to do was already being done as part of um, mm-hmm. going remote.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I've heard that in other places, too, that there was sort of this um, this great equalizer that was putting everybody, you know, from the president. Um, to the folks working on the frontline supporting students in the same size little Zoom box um, and having the conversations in that in that way, um, actually did level the playing field a little bit and, and you know create this more fertile opportunity for a very collaborative environment. So, I mean, if I tried to bottle, I think, Jen, what you were just saying, it is now, right? <laughs> now is a great time um, to be working with different parts of campus, to be moving things forward, not least because we've seen the um, the amazing things that can be done when everybody collaborates, right? I think there were many people who were shocked at how quickly higher education institutions were able to shift through the pandemic and then shift back and, and be kind of um, agile in a way that we would never have assumed to be possible. And so you have that precedent, but you also have the goodwill, right, of having cooperated, of having been there for these folks, um, that you can sort of use that to your advantage in a way and help them build more of a vision of, of the future. So that's kind of my... Um, My bottling, I think, of what you were sharing there. But um, I'm sure you obviously as someone who who lives this every day has your own advice. You know, I'm curious, what are the the best things that um, you you would want to share with other campus leaders, either inside or outside of the IT department, about how they should be thinking about investing in IT right now, you know, making the most of of the dollars that they can spend.
2: My advice would be, um, you know, digital sprawl is is can get out of hand very, very quickly um use a data platform to tame that that sprawl get a handle on things get people involved and and get them on board and you know break those tech silos down they do not need to exist i know i had mentioned our um student information system was is not really easy to pull data back into it right we can share data and then getting that centralized is not so easy so um I know everybody wants their best of breed platforms. Find a way like Edify to bring that information together um, in a way that it's useful to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, save those, save the time. We all always have staffing crunches in higher ed. Save the time to, to let your people focus on on building their skills, you know, being happy with, with their um with the work that they're doing and being innovative and spending time with the students and helping with retention and, you know, um, use IT smarter so people aren't looking to do things that are, are better accomplished by software, right? Um, you know, have them have them come to IT centralized and have those conversations and try to um, condense all of the stuff that you have on on campus into systems that are are much more usable and and can be shared across across departments. Uh, Innovation. It should be student centric. Right. Look at the way your students work. We have students coming from high school into college and we're expecting them to completely transform the way that they do things. Old school, (laughs) they're already used to doing things in this manner. Let's continue that that, um, you know, momentum. As we go forward, you know, when you're when you're pitching to an audience for when you're pitching to uh, people for an IT purchase for for something that's going to be a big, big investment. But but you see big return. Know your audience. Make sure that they have all the information that they need and that you're giving it to them in the right way so that they can digest it and they can be on on board with you. And something I did, I had one meeting that I was going into and this was the most stressful thing. It was the very last meeting before I got permission to uh, move forward with Edify. I had five minutes, and all I could think of was if someone asked a question, I'm done. No one's going to know anything about this, and I'm going to be back at square one. So I prepared materials, sent them in advance, gave people the opportunity to digest that information, gave them a way to contact me directly for questions, and then when I went in and did my five minutes, it was. It was, it was easy. So, um, do the work. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, to reach out to people on your campus for support. They're there. They want, whether they know it or not, this is something they want. So,
1: (laughs) I love that. And I love, I love making the most of that opportunity, right? Even if it's five minutes, there are ways that you can prepare yourself to communicate your needs, to frame it in a way that's going to make sense and to make sure that folks understand the value for the students, for the institution, for everybody involved around the things that you're, uh, that you're talking about. Well, um, I guess then, um, Jen, speaking of, you know, being out of time, being asked a question and being done. Um, I think this is all fantastic advice uh, that I couldn't have said better myself. Um, Anybody who's spoken to me knows that I could stay on my soapbox shouting all day about how IT is so critically important for campus strategy. But this is probably as good a time as any uh, to wrap up today's conversation. So thank you, Jen, for joining me. um, And thank you, everyone at home for listening along with us. Uh, We hope to see you here again next time for Office Hours at EAB.
0: Thank you for listening. Please join us next week when our guests examine different ways that universities are replacing test scores in their admissions processes. Until then, thank you for your time.